to you can be found in uh, found chapter 3 in Colossians. Chapter 3, beginning with verse 12. But before going to the text, I want to put it in its content so that maybe we can grasp a little bit more of what is being said. First off, I need to tell you, uh, tradition teaches us that Paul's the author, but later on in Scalegic Affairs, they decided it probably wasn't Paul, but it was in the school of Paul. But either way, I'm going to use Paul as the author because that's frankly easier to do. But I also want to say to you, it is in the school of Paul because several of Paul's ammunition, several things that Paul offers us are reflected in these scriptures. Twice, he uses a metaphor of clothing. And we're all familiar where Paul says in scriptures, put on Christ as clothing. We're all familiar when Paul says, put on the full armor of God, right? That's nothing new to us. But twice today, we will see Paul saying, put on clothing, new clothing, new righteous clothing. You see, Paul in the previous chapter had said, put off the things that bind you, the things that tempt you, put off the things that cause you to sin and cause others to fall away. And today in these scriptures, Paul is speaking to the church And he is speaking to the church and how we are to relate to one another. But it goes beyond that, folks. It's also the way that we should interact with others outside the church. But I also want to emphasize, it's also the way that we should act within our families. You know, one of the things that's always baffled me is if you look at statistics on divorce, there is roughly no difference when it comes to divorce between the believers and the non-believers. And I find that baffling. I can understand how the world could harden the hearts of the non-believers, causing conflict in the relationship. But you know, for us, for people of faith, for children of God, we're not to live as the world lives, right? We're to live as Christ lived. Loving, forgiving, encouraging peacemakers, gentle, meek. Think of the fruits of the Spirit, if you will. Love, patient kindness, gentleness, self-control. We are to be self-controlled and loving above all else. So with that being said, I want us to turn to the Word of God, beginning with verse 12. Let us hear the Word. And you can tell that God's speaking to the believers because listen to the first three words. He just just points it out. Listen to this. As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. Bear with, hear that folks, bear with one another. If anyone has complaint against you, forgive. Forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves in love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed... You were called 
in the one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and with gratitude in your hearts, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. And this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know about you, but I find extreme encouragement in these words, but I also find a bit of a challenge to love others as we would like to be loved. To be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ is easy when it's just us and God, right? I mean, after all, God doesn't step on my toes so much. God doesn't trim my hedges from across the fence. God doesn't cut me off in traffic, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. God is not the one that encroaches, but God is the one that is always present, always abiding, loving us, praying for us, wanting the best for us. God is the one that says, if you will let me into your heart and live according to my rule, of love and forgiveness. I will work in your lives in such a way that you will be changed forever. These words that I've just shared, these are words that Paul is writing to the community. These are words that speak in a very clear sense of what we refer to as sanctifying grace. God making us and molding us into what God would have us be. And we can participate in the work of sanctification. We do it first by asking God to come into our lives, forgive us of our sins, and then make us into what God would have us be. And that's imitators of God. Imitators of Christ Jesus, our Savior. We are to move throughout the world in such a way that people do not, do not believe we're like everybody else out there. Yesterday, as people were coming into this beautiful facility, they saw something different. They saw love, encouragement, kindness. They saw a welcoming spirit. It's a beautiful thing. But it goes so much farther, and I really want to speak for just a moment to taking this into our homes, living it out amongst our families, our spouses, our children, our grandchildren, our parents, our aunts and uncles, even that crazy one that shows up every other Thanksgiving. Right? That one needs love too. I want to turn, if you will, to a Another of Paul's writings that's so familiar to all of us, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul teaches us how we should love each other and how we should love God and how God loves us. I want to share with you just a couple quick verses on love. Paul writes, love is patient, love is kind. 
Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not exist on its own way. It is not irritable, irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoings, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I don't know about you, but I think that if people in their families and in their lives lived out these verses as God intended, our divorce rate would not mirror secular divorce rate. I'm just telling you. Now, there's some times where we just can't control everything and everybody. I have known people and loved people that have done everything that they could to make a relationship work. And I never understood it until a United Methodist elder years ago was giving a talk at a walk to Emmaus. You see, he and his wife were both clergy. And somewhere along the lines in life, they grew apart. And it caused issues in the marriage. And he stood up before this group and he said, two things I want to share with you. Number one, he said, divorce is not the unforgivable sin. Okay? And the second thing he said is sometimes the best way you can love somebody is not to be around them. Now that resonated with me, folks. That I could understand. Sometimes I understand what it's like to have interactions with somebody where that particular person just brings the worst out of you. And it's hard to love on them. You see, Jesus says we should love and give of ourselves. He doesn't say you should be a dog mat or doorstop or whipping post. Jesus does not want you being abused. Jesus does not want you being neglected. Jesus does not want you to endure suffering. But what Jesus wants you to do is to love the best way you know how. And sometimes the best way we know how to love somebody is to limit our exposure to them. It's just a fact of life. It's just the circumstances we find ourselves living in a broken world, struggling to find our way, struggling to find peace and happiness and joy. Let me say it another way trying to find Jesus. Yeah, I love that old hymn. One of my favorite hymns is, uh, Give Me Jesus. You can have all this world, but give me Jesus. You see, I understand that sentiment. I understand what it means to not desire worldly things, but to long for the internal. To long to be united with Christ and united with those who have gone before us in the communion of saints. I want to lift up one more thing to you about love. And it's this. Love does not die. Love endures. You see, the people we've lost, my grandfather, my granny, my grandmother, a couple of my dear friends, I don't see them anymore, but I have not ever ceased to love them. And they have not ever ceased to love me. 
We are united in love. We are built up in love. We are encouraged in love. And just let me remind you, we love because God first loved us. And do you know why God first loved us? Because God is love. It's so clear. It's so beautiful. It's so intrinsic to our very beings, our very natures. We long to be loved, but loving others makes us vulnerable at times. So we get hurt. But we do not have to dwell in the hurt. We can be renewed in the faith, renewed in the love, and renewed in the hope of Jesus Christ. You see, I love the scriptures where Paul says, for a little while, for a little while, you may have to suffer. But I'll tell you, this isn't the end of you. You may have to endure for a little while, but this is not what is going to conquer you. Because of our faith in Jesus Christ, Jesus has already won the victory over sin and death. Folks, I'll let you in on it. I read the back of the book. I read the back of the book. I'm telling you. He's victorious. He is king among kings, lord among lords, and what he says goes. Remember last week? He met his disciples on the mountain and he said to them, all authority in heaven and earth have been given unto me. Not a little bit here and a little bit there. Not just over spiritual matters. No. The one who created and redeemed is the one that is the author and the maker. The one that intercedes for us at the right hand of God along with the Holy Spirit sitting there praying for us with prayers that are so deep they can't even be put into words, folks. I don't know about you, but that's the kind of God that I long to be with. That's the kind of God that I find courage and strength to crawl myself out of bed every single day. I'm telling you, as a witness of Jesus Christ and a minister of the gospel of God, I am telling you, I don't know how people without faith endure this world. I just don't. But I want to tell you something else. We do not endure it alone. We do not face the mountains and the barriers and the obstacles alone. Remember, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you. For it is gentle, it is light, it is humble. I want us to go away from this place renewed in the love of Jesus Christ in such a way that everywhere we encounter others, they may see a hope that they can't find anywhere else in the world. I want us to go away from this place with the love of God in us in such a way that we can put aside any differences that we have with anybody. Even that old crazy uncle that shows up every two or three Thanksgiving. Here's the thing, folks. And y'all did it so well yesterday. You did it so well yesterday. Our lives are but a blink of an eye. 
and we work around the clock. Our society has never been more committed according to psychological studies. We've never been under so much pressure as a society than we are today. But I'm telling you, we're not in it alone. Not only do we have Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells the believer, but we have each other just like yesterday. If you were to look at everything that was accomplished, that would be a tremendous mountain. But when we work together to glorify God, we can accomplish so much more than we could ever do on our own. That's biblical, folks. It's in the good book. But not only is it in the good book, God has written it in our hearts. He is the one that gives us guidance and strength. He is the one that calls us into community. He is the one that redeems us, empowers us, blesses us, so that we can go out into his power and bless others, love others, serve others. Not for our glory, but for his. Not for our sake, but for his and those he sends us to. You see, there's one thing I've learned in my life. There's one thing I've learned in my life. Love conquers all. And there is no greater love than the love of our Savior. Will you join me in a prayer?